You're listening to the Backseat Managers Podcast. All right, welcome to another week of Backseat Managers. Uh, coming to you guys on this, what was a pretty poor international break. So we'll chat England, the games that we have watched and also had to, I guess, bear through. Well, we're going to chat Gareth Southgate, also talk about England's starting line uh, and also their forwards and their midfielders. I think we spoke about the keeper in the defense last week. And then we'll touch on Everton. City and Chelsea, sort of the misgoings that's been going on there. But how are you doing, Oscar? Doing just fine. It, it was not a great uh, day of football, unfortunately. So that's unfortunate. I love great days of football, and today was not one of them. So. Yeah. No, I was very much pretty, a, a ball fest. Pretty pathetic for uh, a team of the caliber that we have. Um, yeah, it it was ridiculous, which is the exact same thing that we saw on Friday as well. So um, last time, I, I think uh, <laughs> we made our predictions and we were both very wrong. We were predicting like 4-5-0 um, for for each of the games. And so uh, no, definitely nobody gets ginger beer this week because we yeah. were both pretty far off. Jeez, no, and that is very true. I think... We both predicted two England wins, and we had very high score lines. So, yeah, is what it is. But we'll start with the England Malta game. Um, again, really underwhelming. I felt like, especially with the starting lineup that we had, I was surprised to see Rashford starting the game. What did you think about him kind of showing up, especially with the season he's had so far? I, I didn't even think he deserved to be in the squad, let alone kind of get a stealthing buff. Um, I think he, I think Gareth was, um, Gareth Southgate was testing some different people. Do I think he would have been in the starting lineup if everyone was fit? No. Um, you know, I think he tried to do some first team people in the first game and then other first team people in the second game. Like he had Grealish start today and Ollie Watkins start. And then, but I think Grealish is higher in the pecking order than Rashford. So like things like that, just so it wasn't first teamers and then B team this next one. But I don't even think Rashford should be in the squad. Um, especially when you have people that are missing out like Raheem Sterling, who is better on that left wing than Rashford. He should have been in the squad ahead of Rashford. But for he did some get reason, pulled into the squad, didn't he? No, I don't, I don't think so. No, actually, I, don't I think, think he, you're right. I, I, don't I thought there was, was an injury and he got called up. But no, um, Cole Palmer got, pulled, uh, got called up, but um, Rashford did not. And it was Sterling. Same, what? You said Sterling. You said Rashford. Sorry. Yes. Um, Sterling did not. And then, you know, like other people as well that um, could have been called up and weren't like, I mean, you have a lot of people that are injured, but you would expect people 
like Jared Bowen, who's a better player than Rashford, um, in my opinion, get a look in ahead of him. Um, you know, Rashford does not deserve a spot on the England squad, let alone a starting spot. So Yeah. And then putting Phil Foden on the right wing, which I feel like he just wasn't very effective, effective over there. I would have preferred if Saka is not going to start, which I think he did sub Saka on, which he provided the assist to Harry Kane. I think Foden is more of a 10, in my opinion. I think that's he kind is. of where his best position is. He is more of a 10. Um the difficulty, and we're going to dive in, you know, you you mentioned we're going to dive into what our formations would preferably be. The difficulty is, is that 10 roll is already locked and loaded, I think, in Gareth Southgate's mind and lots of people's minds. Um, that's, that spot's going to Bellingham, and Foden's not taking, going to take that away. And but Foden is a phenomenal player, and I think Gareth Southgate wants him to to fit in the team. And the way he's going to fit in the team is more likely as a winger than as a ten, in my opinion. And I think he has quality on the wing. Like I think at times he can be very effective. He has the footwork. I just don't think it was really clicking with the front three we had. And I think with Marcus Rashford. If he's having a poor game, it's really obvious because he doesn't bring much else to the table. He is mostly, I would say, an inside forward. Like He's more of a cut in on your right foot and just rip one. But his link-up play isn't as, I think, beneficial as your Sackers, as your Grealishes, as your Foden's. So he had a poor performance i don't think he deserved to be on the squad either i think the midfield was also really weak that we put out um still talking about the multa game what did you think about um i it looks like you have something to say what do you want to say oh i just i i don't understand gareth southgate um i don't understand him at all he has this he has this loyalty to players that doesn't make any sense um, he will consist. He's consistently called up Rashford, even when Rashford is in poor form. And there are better people that can be on the squad. He's consistently called up Harry Maguire. There's enough said that we we don't need to delve any more into that. There's no reasoning behind that. Yeah. Um, he no. is calling up Jordan Henderson when there are better people that are suited to that to be in the midfield. The Jordan Henderson, who is an aging football player in Saudi Arabia. There's better people that we can have um, in this squad. But for some reason, Southgate has this loyalty to these players, which ultimately I think is, is to England's detriment and could be the reason why we don't get a trophy under Gareth Southgate. I think that's fair. And I agree. I get confused over these loyalties because show me the trophies we've won. Show me the players that haven't like, quote unquote, haven't let you down. Like we haven't won anything. And yes, we've gone to semifinals and we've had 
really fun tournaments to be a spectator at. But in terms of the material side of things, he's, the people that he's relied on, yes, a lot of times they've performed well, but the team hasn't clicked. And it hasn't been the right amount of balance to where we can dispatch these teams that have that elevated level of quality. It's all great, setting good, you know, beating Malta, beating Ukraine. Like we also beat Italy, which is um, I, that was a really it's, good Italy's, match. Italy is rubbish right now. It's like you look over Italy's squad, and they are not the same Italy, you know, that yeah. won the World Cup in the past. We should be That's beating true. Italy. Yeah. So with those kind of things, like with those countries, it's you really should be judged on the big games and where you perform. Who did we beat in the Euros where we went to the final? Like we had a semi-easy run at it, honestly. So, yeah, for me, I I just think there needs to be a lot and more. And World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup. And the World Club. We got, yeah, we we had, you know, up until... You know, France, which we should have beaten France. Like, we, we really should have. They had a lot of injuries. We had an amazing squad. Um, it, it doesn't... It Yeah. I, I, I personally don't... I, I'm not super optimistic based on... And you could... You, based on the way England has looked. And yes... So, I guess... What do you think? Do these two games matter? They're, they're pretty meaningless, right? We topped our group. We were going to top our group. Um, we got part one. Overall, for the course of the year, we were undefeated. Um, so England, you know, we haven't lost a game in 2023. But... So, I mean, that's a great record and everything like that. But what do you think? Do you think these games matter? I think they matter in a sense of characterizing your team and getting a feel for your chemistry, knowing how to play like with one another, having sort of your starting 11. And I'm all for experimenting with young players, but try and feed those young players into a more stable team to see how they perform. I just think it's so chaotic the way that Southgate's approached everything as well as um, just the, in, just the style of play. I feel like it's so poor and like we're never really clicking as an England team. And it's so yeah. frustrating when you have, you see all of these game winners all of these like top tier talent and the way that they're going about it is a very defensive, slow build up, like not creative style of play. It's really well, hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, and it's great. We 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 left the, the game chat very quickly to just dump on Southgate, which is great because I, I really want to. Here's here's my here's my problem with Southgate. Southgate is a defensive-minded manager, right? That's yeah, that's that's the way he's always set up. That's you know he was a defensive player, right? Um, the way he set us up, we were we were a very defensive team. Um, that worked out. That's that's worked out decently well with us in previous tournaments where we have not conceded very many goals. 
the difficulty is it leads to games like this. And the problem is that England's strength is not at the back. That is our weakest part of the field. England's strength is their midfield and forwards. We have so many good attacking players where if our entire gameplay is based around our center backs and our, you know, our, our back line, if, if our gameplay is based around Harry Maguire, how, how are we expected to, to win major tournament when we're rather than being a very attacking focused team where the emphasis is heavily on pushing the ball forward and getting behind the the defense as quickly as because you think of the people that we have on our team right that we've got we've got Kane we've got Saka we've got Foden we've got Bellingham we've got Madison um we've got Grealish Grealish we have um yeah right Rice also has Alexander Reese James yeah we we have well those are yeah, even like defenders, you're saying, yeah. are very attacking Trippier. defenders. Yeah. Rather than we are not a, a, a very stable backline team. Yeah. Our center backs are the weakest part of our team. And so this England, the way Gareth Southgate is managing this English squad is completely wrong, in my opinion, because that is not the way that our team sheet matches up. If, if we were to run the game at someone, um, we would terrorize every team in the world. Um, but that's not the way that we set up to play. Yeah. And the old saying that everyone says is games are won and lost in the midfield. And I feel like the midfield is honestly Gareth's worst attribute. Like, I feel like he can't pick a successful midfield to save his life. Like, well, look at this. Okay, so, um, I real quick, Malta, I just wanted to. Okay, I want. I ahead. wanted to read the Malta midfield. Is that what you were gonna do? That's that is word for word. <laughs> I, I was about to say. Go ahead. So, starting defensive mid, you have Jordan Henderson, who has no pace, is not like known for his passing ability. Like, not really anymore. He's more of a work rate person and a number eight and. He's just passed it, like, and he's been past it. Next to him, you have Alexander Arnold, who I did want to see more of him in the midfield, but it doesn't work. It just, it, it doesn't work well enough. There's not enough he's, balance. He's better. He's a right back. He's better there than I feel like he he plays well there. He does play well, but I feel like it's a hodgepodge. I feel like again, it is Gareth Southgate being too loyal to alexander trent rather than saying i'm sorry you don't you're a great football player but you don't fit in this squad he falls behind kyle walker and kieran trippier and ben white in my book i think all three of them are better than alexander trent at right back for england and then even reese james and and Trent, I think, have both phenomenal right. We have so many right backs. And rather than saying, sorry, Trent, you don't fit in our squad, he tries to make him into a midfielder. And there are better people. There are better midfielders. Don't hodgepodge a, a midfield to try and slot someone in your team 
get yeah. an actual midfielder. And Ugh. like, if you're gonna have Trent play, the system I would rather see is having, and this is a little bit of a wilder shout, but having Kyle Walker paired with John Stones as a center back and maybe having Trippier as the left back and then Trent as right back. And then if he inverts into the midfield, having the back three of Trippier, Walker, and Stones. But asking Gareth Southgate evolve is like trying to get blood from a stone. Like he just is so stuck in this antiquated style of football with all of the like progressive managers and styles of play that are in England right now. I feel like it's almost disrespectful to some of these players where they come on international break and they're playing like U11's football, honestly. So, yeah, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. These people shouldn't be I don't think like looking at looking at that starting squad against Malta, right? So those three people you didn't finish. So there's Trent, there's Henderson, and there's Gallagher. None of those make it into the starting eleven. None in my book. Genuinely, none no. of them make it into the starting eleven. I don't even think a few of them make it into the England squad. Maybe all of them make it. I don't even know if they make yeah. it into the England squad. Um, but none of them make it into that into that starting eleven. So um, it's that's ridiculous. Um, and then today we had. Rice and Alexander Arnold um, as the background pairing. Again, I don't think. Obviously, Rice is in there. Obviously, Alexander Arnold. I don't think he should be in the England squad. Personally, yeah. I don't think he's a strong enough defender, and so we're we're trying to shift to make things different. And I don't think it works. I think it's so that, like you said, that you know he's trying to integrate the young players in. That's we're not we're not training people off of the youth academy. This is yeah. England where there are so many top of the top of the top class players, right? Every single position, every single person that gets in into that squad is kicking out a top level player. So yeah. you need to deserve your spot because so it, it's not about it's about finding the best of the best. And that is not, none of those people are best of the best in England. So. No, that's valid. And you think about people like Eddie Nketiah, if he went to the Italian league, I bet he would score like 15 goals. If he went to the Bundesliga, I think the same thing. So, and, and these are people that aren't good enough really to get into the England squad. Why not throw someone like a Jared Bowen in that? on the left wing and then play Foden as the 10 instead of putting Conor Gallagher, who offensively brings little. Yes. He he's really good tackler and he is a, a great engine, but it seems like a waste of a, an experiment, honestly, because I yeah. could have told you that Henderson Gallagher and Trent wouldn't work. Terrible. And yeah, we I, won two, nil, me. but we had to bring some subs in before anything it's, happened. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like, all phenomenal players, right? Conor Gallagher's a phenomenal player. I really rate Conor Gallagher. Trent, you know, has been phenomenal for Liverpool, but he has his weaknesses, especially defensively. And Jordan Henderson, many Liverpool fans would argue that he is up there as one of the greatest ever captains that Liverpool has ever had. So 
you know, in and of themselves, they are all phenomenal players. But where they're at right now, they do not get in there. So I, I, yeah. I just think I we've he's had so much time. He has had so many opportunities to do things, and it would not surprise me to see Jordan Henderson in the midfield next summer. It wouldn't Which surprise me crazy. for Gareth Southgate to, to pick him again. Or like Calvin Phillips, who never plays for City. How is like, he in the squad? Like genuinely, no how is he in the squad? No idea. Pep doesn't even trust him to start when they have no other defensive mids available. He'll yeah. still put him on the bench. I, I mean, we'll get this later when we talk about who, who we think are, you know, people should be. But the fact that James Ward-Prowse isn't in the squad... But you have people like, but like, yeah, like Calvin Phillips. Yeah, like Calvin Phillips, who you know, James Ward Prowse. I really rate James. I think James Ward Prowse is awesome, and Calvin Phillips yeah. never plays. And obviously, one should be starting over the other. But again, the Southgate bias keeps Calvin Phillips a spot in the squad, so doesn't yeah. make any no, sense. No, absolutely. And I think that is a good transition to kind of getting into our preferred England lineup. So I'll kind of – I'll tell you mine because you sort of touched I'm, on I made my... two. So – but yeah, keep okay. going. So for, for the most balanced midfield that I'm looking for and yeah, just for balance – no knock on the players that don't make it because there's a lot of really talented players that we have that Gareth Southgate just doesn't know how to use. And we are unfortunately and very fortunately like have a ton of really good players in some positions and then some positions that don't have as many. So I think starting DM, I don't think will be a surprise to anyone, especially since this is an Arsenal podcast that I got Declan Rice. Is my holding midfielder? Yeah. Um, That's not... Take out bias. Like, Declan Rice is legitimately... I think after Rodri, I would put him as the best CDM in the world. Um, you know, you can make some arguments I, else, elsewhere, but he's definitely... Yeah. yeah. I think I think Kimmich has, a, has, like, a say, and then I think maybe... I can't really think of that many. I feel like Casemiro's kind of fallen off. Who's bosses right now? Um, De Jong's pretty good. He is good. He is good. There, I, I'm just saying, I'm not making a final statement. I'm just saying, I think Rodri's definitely the best. I think you yeah. have to give it to him. I think he's the best. But you take Rodri out of the equation, I definitely think Rice is in the conversation, every conversation of, of best CDMs in the world. Um, so, yeah, he, he's got to be England's CDM. But yeah. yeah, sorry, keep going. And then in the number eight role, um, also kind of surprised me that you had, you'd spoken about him a few minutes ago, but I think it should be James Wood process thoughts. Honestly. So good. He's so like, good. I think and he's has, been has... so good this season and he's been begging to be on a better team and he's really performed. And I think he's you have had to so with that. few England chances as well and he he's he consistently gets overlooked and i think it's partially because of you know the 
teams that he plays for. Um, you know, he, he was the only good player at Southampton. And, um, but now like being in, in West Ham, like he's got two goals and five assists and he's doing great. And he free kicks. I mean, he, I mean, if we're not going to have Trent on the field, like I would prefer James Wood Prowse and even like, especially for shooting, but like distribution as well. Like I would put James Wood Prowse on everything. Totally. Totally. Any, any set piece, uh, James Will Prowse, I, I would, I would want behind that ball. So, yeah. And then number ten, to no surprise, the great Jude Bellingham, mm, ahead of Foden. Which I don't, ahead of Foden, and that's because Bellingham right now is so on form. There's not a better number ten that's playing right now. And obviously, it's a long season, and we'll see how it goes, but. He's been insane and pairing him up like behind Harry Kane with his technical ability, but also his physical attributes and his decision-making also his leadership. He's 19 and he's, I would say one of the most composed players that play for England or in the world right now, which is crazy. So yeah, yeah. I feel like we're going to have some similarities. So uh, let me know what yours is. Uh, Okay. Midfield. Do you want to, do strike as fair or I'll do, I'll do my, cause I wrote down my full kind of forward formation and then you can do your forwards after. So I did okay. a more attacking focused one and then a bit more defensive focused one. So the first one, wrote them down, got my cute little whiteboard. So this is my first one. I don't know. Can you see it? I cannot read that. No, okay. Whatever. So I've got, um, <laughs> so sitting, so my attacking focus one, I have rice, obviously. Um, sitting behind Madison and Bellingham. Um, and I think that would be, I, I think Madison is phenomenal. Um, so if kind of rice was pushing up, so Madison was playing kind of an eight afford focus one, um, behind those two, I I think would be a really strong pairing a bit more of a defensively minded one. I would have, Rice, Ward, Prowse, and Bellingham. So <clears throat> same same one as you. Um, yeah. I think it would be such a shame to leave Madison off the pitch with the form he has right now. So I hear that. And I think James Madison, like I think as a team, we should try and make it work with James Madison before we move to James Ward, Prowse. And it's unfortunate that he's injured right now because I would really like to see him in the starting eleven. And more of like a just full England squad. Unfortunately, Bellingham's been out injured. Um, James Madison's been out injured. So it's been a little bit tricky um, to get, you know, what we believe should be our starting 11. And then James Ward-Prowse doesn't even get the call up. That's crazy. Yeah, I, crazy. I don't know how, like, even with all the injuries, how he's not getting a look in. Like, it, how are you pulling up Conor Gallagher and nothing against Conor Gallagher because he's had a great season so far, but James Ward-Prowse would fit the system way more. We know Conor Gallagher is not great in that eight role. He's more of a 10. So Yeah. Again, you know, this is with the caveat that these are all phenomenal players, but yeah. who we're picking as, as the top people, I would take, I would take Madison 
um, over any of those people that we named before that are currently playing in that midfield. So yeah, um, yeah, over <laughs> definitely over Henderson, um, over Trent, and over Gallagher. Madison is better than all three of them. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's totally what I would I would have. Forwards. Um, what do we, What about your more defensive one? Oh, that that was same with you. It's Rice, Wood, Prowse, and Bellingham. Nice, cool. So, um, I mean, Wood Prowse is still a bit forward focused, but he's he's a bit less attack attacking minded than Madison is. Yeah, I'd say. So, um, but yeah, I just I I think we just have so many different options. Up front, I'm curious to hear what what you have to say. Two of the spots seem obvious to me. One of the spots is a bit more difficult. Who did you have for up front? So starting number nine, I think you can guess who I'm going to pick. Ollie Watkins. No, yeah, exactly. No, good old Harold. Um, Yeah. When I used to play FIFA with my buddy, we'd always... Whenever we scored with Harry Kane, we'd be like, "Oh, I just pressed the H button." Always goes in because that's just <laughs> Harry Kane, dude. He's just uh, he's a certified goal. And then right side, as an Arsenal fan, I'm sure you can guess, and I think all England fans agree, especially after the last yeah. competition. That yeah, all England fans, spot. other than Ollie, would agree. Yeah, <laughs> which I feel like Ollie didn't even. He was he like kind of went back and he was like, well, no, right wing I would probably pick Saka, but I'd see Foden more as a ten. But I, I yeah, would put Foden, I, I just, Foden in the squad before Saka. I don't know. His I, points. I was confused on that. But. Yeah, me too. But I just I think you can't take the spot away from Bellingham, which is which is hard. But yeah, I yeah. think I think on that right side, it's it's got to be Saka. Um, I feel like we don't have. I mean, you got Saka, and then you got Foden, who again he's playing out of position if he's playing on the right. But, but he is kind of the right, and that is his—that's more yeah. of his spot. His Jared right Bowen wing. also that's plays good. on that right-hand side. Again, he's a phenomenal player, but um, behind in the pecking order to Saka. Right, but left and side. And then I, the left side is what I feel like the most controversial. Yep, and. Honestly, for me, it just depends on form. Like, really, when it comes down to it and we look back on the season, whoever's had the best season out of, I would say, Sterling and... I forgot his name. Grealish? Grealish, yeah. Thank you. I was like... See, I heck? put... I, I, I still but slid in Foden. I could also, yeah, I could also be down for Foden. So I would say... Probably I'd put Grealish, like right now I would. Um, but I would probably it just depends. Like I, I also want someone pretty direct, like a Sterling. The reason so why than... I feel um I I personally would prefer Sterling to Grealish. Um but the reason so Grealish why I... is third in your book. Yes. I would go Foden first, especially with the Madison system, because I feel like Madison also has played on the left wing quite a bit. And so they could kind of be pretty fluid in that role. Um, I'd like to see that. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I I feel like that would be a... I feel like that would be a a setup with a lot of firepower. 
Um, a lot of Keen, Foden, Saka, Madison, and Bellingham. I feel like would be a useful pairing. Um, I agree. If I can do it, I come on, Gareth. Great. How can you not figure this out? Anyway, uh, like, how can you not at least try it? Is what I'm saying. I don't know. That's I don't think that's ever been tried by Gareth. Um, yeah, I, I think I would do. Yeah, I, I would put Grealish probably third in that book. Rashford number four. You don't. Yeah, again, you don't deserve a starting spot. Maybe not even deserve a spot in the England squad in my book. So yeah, no, I I hear that. I agree. So thinking about the coaching, obviously both of us really disagree with how Southgate plays, which I feel like is a very normal opinion. I feel like most England fans are tied to Southgate. There are some that think that he's been great and his stability has been good and compared to the old teams. But I think for most people that kind of recognize the talent that we have in the squad, will say that we haven't performed up to like what we believe we can. He's had the easiest run as being an England manager. I feel like he was gifted possibly the greatest ever England squad. Um, it's in the conversation anyway, even if it's Depth not... wise for sure. Yeah. Even if it isn't out and out the best England squad, it's definitely up there. One of the greatest ever squads that, that we as, as a nation have had. So you can say, oh, look at the things we've done and woke up. Yeah, but not because of Gareth, because we had world-class players. Um, yeah, very true. A lot of it was in spite of Gareth, I feel like. Yeah. What the reason why we failed in the Euros was one hundred percent on yeah. Gareth's door. I agree. Who anybody knew? Every single person you could have asked a random person on the street with kind of with the penalty kickers, and they would have said, "Oh yeah, slotting in two people who are cold, haven't touched the football a single time, should not be." the starting penalty takers like Sancho and Rashford definitely shouldn't have been penalty takers. They shouldn't have come on right. Just walk on the pitch and take a penalty. Like they didn't play also, at all before their game and then putting, Saka. yeah. And then putting the youngest player on the squad as number five with all the pressure on him and shout out to Saka for taking that pressure. I feel like he, you know, losing it. He got a lot of like, hate. he got a lot of, anger directed towards him racism and I think, he, he got a bunch of stuff yeah tossed his he got way. a bunch of and i think the way he took it and like dealt with it just kind of showed how classy he was and i think that kind of started the the saga hype just when he started showing his maturity how like just well balanced of a person he is and but i putting him in that position is all Southgate's fault, hundred percent? How is how is the last three penalty takers? Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, and Bukayo Saka. That's crazy. Yeah. All three of them were very very young players at that time. Yeah, um, and there were more experienced people on the pitch. Like Grealish didn't take a shot, even though he was older than all three of them. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I so who do you think um who do you think could 
if if you had your choice and he was to go, Southgate was to go, who would you replace him with? Who are the alternatives? Do they have to not be managing a club right now? I feel like to... S- <laughs> I was listening to uh, to another one and some person was like, oh, Pep and Eddie Howe. And it's like, you moron. Like, obviously we can't... <laughs> I mean, obviously we can't get Pep and obviously we can't get Eddie Howe. Um, even though... Really, I would kind of like someone that's British to, to manage it. It's not a... We just don't have a great history thing. of coaches. Is the no, thing. yeah, we don't really but have we, one. You can, Eddie Howe is you, probably the best English English coach we've had in a while. Yeah, and you can see but, you can see you know how good like for instance with the English women's team, Serena Vigman's done a phenomenal job, and she's not English and has has yeah. done an amazing job with them. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be. And we've had managers from other countries in the past. But yeah, I don't know. I, so I I would say if whoever you, get, you say it has to be someone that reasonably could be an English manager. So Eddie Howe, obviously, no, he's not leaving Newcastle. Um, and Pep, obviously, no. So someone who do you think realistically is someone that we could have as an English manager? This is as like semi realistic. But okay. this would probably like taking away the Peps, the Klops, the yeah. Angelotti. Like, I would pick Jose Mourinho. <laughs> and the reason I would pick Jose Mourinho is because no way. Because he, what? Like, it's not realistic, or you hate his style of play? I don't want Jose Mourinho as my England manager. I just think he's got such a, like, screw them mentality. Like, we're going to kill him. Like, we're going to fight hard and we're going to figure this out. And I feel like the players that we have are so technically gifted that they just need that, like, person that they respect and also knows that he has, like, the know-how to win a competition. Also... Jose Mourinho's done it multiple times, winning major trophies with teams that have no right winning them. So, yeah, I would pick Jose. It's not too far. Has he ever done international? I don't think so. I think he's only ever done club. But, yeah, I mean, it it wouldn't be the worst shout. It would be a controversial shout, but um, it's possible. Yeah, I know you're not a Jose fan. He definitely says, says things as they are um i watched this video of him when he was a man united manager just kind of like ripping into united and the culture of like yeah we're top dogs even though they were far from top dogs so I, he he definitely would say things as they are and and really delve into you know except nothing less than the best um so that's, yeah, it's not a bad shout. Um, I also feel like for those players that have had that sort of security blanket, they get a reality check. Like your Jordan Hendersons, like your Harry Maguire, you would be like, okay, um, you are obviously not as athletic or talented as some of these other players. And like, you need to know your place now. It's not he, like you're He wouldn't piece. blink twice about dropping people like that. 
Um, so I, I also think, um, I feel like Brendan Rogers, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad with, um, I, I could take Brendan Rogers. I would even take Graham Potter to be honest over, over the Gareth Southgate. Um, those would be your two, like they're two very realistic goats. Taking out the goats, you would pick them. I don't. They're very realistic. They're like very realistic choices because they're available, and so I would, I would take, I would take them. Um, My question is, why doesn't the FA do more to get top to get like top managers? Honestly, like. I'd like Postacoglu with the with the attacking players that we have. I feel like we yeah. would do really good with someone like Postacoglu. Um, I think so too. I think it's early for that, but I think yeah. so too. Yeah. So if I was to take someone right now with with our system and who I think would work really well with our system, I think Postacoglu would. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I feel like England. I do feel like England. We just hire kind of. We had like Sam Allardyce and Roy Hodgson and, you know, these, these people, which, you know, they, they, they have pedigree of, of, of being managers. Um, and then Gareth Southgate, you had little to no experience. England is a huge, you know, contender for, I, I don't know why that, that the FA doesn't go in for, for, bigger profile managers yeah but it i don't know shocks me i uh yeah i i hear the gray Potter one i i think out of realistically and like people that are not in a job right now are english i think Graham Potter is probably the best of the bunch you're not a fan of uh you're not a brennan rogers fan i'm not <laughs> i think yes he won an fa cup with leicester but i think he was Really, he's done a lot of other stuff as well. Like he was with Celtic for for quite a while. Like he's, he's Celtic done quite a few Celtic. things. <laughs> and he was, and he was, yeah, and and like Liverpool, right? He's, but um, yeah, I, I, I honestly would take anybody over Gareth Southgate. So yeah, um, I think I mean Gary O'Neill. I take you. Gary O'Neill. I think he would be cool, but um. Yeah, I don't know, but I I'm very much on the. I've wanted Gareth Southgate to walk away for a while, so. Cool, <sighs> and uh, sort of getting into our last topic of discussion, Everton were just handed a pretty big points deduction. So, all <laughs> the Everton fans this season so far have probably been really happy with the way they've been performing under Sean Dyche, and probably thinking that they were very far away from being anything like relegated. This has been sort of a reality check for them. And I also feel like sort of a terrifying thing for your man cities, for your Chelsea's as well. Did you feel like the 10 point deduction was valid for something like that? Um, I feel like you... I feel like it was a little bit harsh, quite 10 points. Um, 
I feel like Everton Football Club has been mismanaged for a long time. The amount that they've spent on on stuff is stupid. They've brought in so many players that have just been absolute flops. Um, didn't they pay like forty million for Awobi? Which yeah. and Awobi's turned out like was one of their better purchases. To be honest, they had a lot also, of other like, flops. Forty million for Deli Alley. Did they spend that much for Deli Alley? That's how much That's... the original agreement was. I don't know if they got out of some clauses with loaning him to Besiktas or whatever, but that was the original like purchase yeah. agreement was forty. So they they've done stupid things, and you know obviously they're generating not nearly the money that the the big teams are getting from being in the Champions League and different things like that. They've been sitting near the bottom of the table for a couple of seasons now, barely, barely avoiding relegation. So um, they, I, I, I do feel like they they were guilty of, of you know, not following the financial fair play rules. Um, the way that the football club was being run was very mismanaged. Like it was a very negative, um, you know, negative profit year after year. And so, yeah. yeah, they were breaching the rules. I felt like 10, 10 points was a little bit harsh. Um, but if if they got 10 points, uh, it would be interesting to see what uh, some of the other big offenders get hit with. Yeah. And I think 10 points was on the more harsh side of the spectrum. But I feel like it's justified. I feel like teams that cheat, should be punished. And it was pretty obvious to everyone that they were pumping a lot of money in and they weren't making a lot of money. So I think in that sense, if that's the rules and that's how it's been documented and they knew what they were doing and they just did it really poorly, it's unfortunate that you guys didn't have a better past couple of years performance-wise. But if those are the rules, then I definitely feel like that's, justified and especially for a lot of the top six clubs always saying that man city need this man city need that there's another club that has something similar they should be held to that standard and from what i've heard now on a lot of like between news articles and different podcasts and stuff and statements from the um the bodies that govern the premier league there shouldn't there's no longer a court of arbitration so cities will probably apparently it, it's more likely for them to get charged now than anything else i don't really know the in and outs that much to the legal inner workings of football and stuff like that but do you feel like one relegation two relegations like what do you feel like is something that would be fair for uh, a club that Allegedly, it's 115 charges, but if they were convicted of all those things, like, do you feel like a double relegation would be fair? One relegation, a double what do you think? relegation, they go all the way down to League One. Um, I don't think they would do something, um, something as as harsh as that. Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like yeah, if if 10 points is the deduction that they gave it uh, that they gave Everton. Um, I think there's going to be some pretty hefty fines and 
yeah, a relegation wouldn't wouldn't be out the question for City. And I I mean even they they haven't been quite as bad recently. I feel like they they dropped a ton of money in for a long time. Recently they've they've started selling quite a few players and and um you know whether their net spend isn't as egregious as some other clubs like our net spend has been higher than cities um the last couple transfer windows i believe um just cuz we we don't make very much money off of arsenal's great at ripping up people's contracts and dropping a crap ton of money to to do so so we are not very savvy um when it comes to things like that um City's at least recently been able to sell some really good players like Jesus and Zinchenko um, and get some good cash. But they have they've committed a lot of uh, you know they've done they've they've broken plenty of rules and I, I think there's going to be some hefty fines and possibly a, a relegation coming their way. And maybe on the UEFA side, you know I've 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 heard that um, being kicked out the you know, not being able to compete in the Champions League and, and different things like that is is possible. Um, it remains to be seen, though. I care more about uh, Chelsea getting fined, though, because I really hate Todd Bowley. I hate... Well, I hate Chelsea Football Club anyway. Yeah. But Todd Bowley... I... Anyway, I would love to see Chelsea get charged with the stupid management that has happened since he's become... Um, yeah, since he's become the owner of Chelsea. I feel like they're in a lot better spot now than they have been, even though they are sitting in the bottom half of the table right now. Um, Chelsea, they've looked strong yeah. the last few games. So, And this has been the run of games that everyone's been looking at and being like, how are you guys going to pick up any points here? And we'll see how they do when they come across those low blocks again, because for them it was really hard breaking those down um, and playing against the more uh, offensive teams, which they've been playing a lot of the top six teams. Um, it's been. Yeah. They, really they have a harder team. time against people that sit deep. They have a really hard time, like breaking apart those rock solid defenses. Um, they, they've done really well actually at teams that are going for the win rather than a nervy draw. So, yeah. No, that that's very true, and I would be really happy to see either or both of those teams relegated. It'd be great. We might uh, finally get our hands on a freaking on a freaking uh, I, trophy. Or would you would you accept that? Would you feel satisfied winning a Premier League title without City and Chelsea? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like genuinely, I... like if if you've cheated to get to this spot, and we've had to like play by the rules for the past what ten years, obviously you guys are gonna be in a better spot. Would it like would I feel better if we won the Premier League against Chelsea and City? Yeah, but if we win it, like I don't think there's an asterisk or anything like that. You should have run your clubs honestly. Yeah, that would be a bit of an asterisk in my mind. Just thinking, would we have won it? Were we the best team, really? Or is the best team sitting in the championship? 
You know what I mean? Um, That's possibly. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think we'll have to wait and see how this season goes. Hopefully, these sort of allegations maybe play an impact on the transfer window coming up in January. There's been some Good Tony day. rumors between us and Chelsea. So, yeah, I think we'll just have to wait and see and also see how kind of the next, I guess, third of the season kind of shapes out and and then how the transfer window goes. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been a fun podcast this week. Um, one, one more, uh, we have the Premier League coming back this next weekend. Do we want to do uh, some Premier League some predictions? predictions? I'm down for it. So we got... Um, uh, I think we should do City Liverpool because that's going to be that's going to be a good game. So, do you want to do four teams again? Let's do four teams. Yeah. Okay. Well, four matches. Um. So, City Liverpool. City Liverpool. I'm gonna say. Three two. To who? To Liverpool. I actually was going to say the exact same thing. So I'm going to change mine to a 2-2 draw. I think it's going to be a very close game. That would be great for us. So, that yeah, draw would it be would, awesome. be, would be great. I, 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 Liverpool's very strong. But um, how about Newcastle and Chelsea? Because I feel like that's also a really good matchup. That is a good match. I'm going to say... 1-0 Newcastle. I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea, actually. I feel like they are starting to get their crap together. Also, Newcastle lost against Bournemouth. Um, so they have cracks, but they might yeah. bounce back. So The I only thing with Newcastle, even if they do have injuries in their back line, like, like we saw when we played them, they can just be so hard to break down sometimes. So I feel like if they do win, it's going to be a 1-0. But we'll see. They they have a lot of injuries, so that's that. Where are they playing at? Actually, St James Park. I don't know about my whatever. I'm gonna stand with two one. I'm not sure if they're gonna <laughs> score two goals there. But um, should we do the Tottenham and Man United games as their last two? Jeez. Um, or should we do? It's a crazy schedule this weekend. No, sorry. So it's Tottenham, Aston Villa. Oh, okay. And then United, Everton. Or should we do? Let's do Sheffield, uh, Sheffield, Bournemouth, because that's another. That's a bottom of the table. It's a let's do Sheffield, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, and Spurs, Villa. Gonna do those two. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Sheffield, Bournemouth. I think Sheffield is gonna win two one. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna tie two two. Okay. Um. Tottenham, Aston Villa. I think it's going to be a 1 1 draw. I'm going to go Villa 3 1. That would be beautiful. I just think think Diaby and Watkins are going to get it done. Possibly. Possibly. Watkins didn't do much today, but. He is a very good striker. All, all jokes aside, you know, Kane obviously is England's number nine. There's no one close to Kane. But Watkins is a very good striker, and he can pull goals out. So, yeah, we'll cool. see. I'm excited for uh, the Premier League to be back this weekend. 
we'll have more to chat about. And then, do you know midweek? Is that Champions League next week? Um, That is a great question. Um, We have... Yeah, we do. Yep, on the next Wednesday, we have Lens in the Champions League. So... Last time we lost to them, so that wasn't great. But we're going to be playing them at home, so hopefully we can kick their butts and just cement our spot um, as the number two. Uh, sorry, yep. as the one on that table. Definitely time to get some revenge. Um, but yeah, Good excited luck. for the games this weekend and the Premier League to be back. But it's been fun, Oscar. We'll uh, chat next week. But thank you guys for listening, and have a great rest of your day. See ya.